Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hustle and Grow podcast and live stream series. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Noni Banks. I am a marketing and business strategist, and I'm also the CEO of the Diva Movement. So welcome. This series is designed to help women entrepreneurs increase their income, impact, and influence. So all of our conversations, we bring some amazing women to the screen with us. All the conversations are designed around that. Of course, if you're catching the replay, we're glad you're here. Make sure to share. Um, if you have questions, um, put the comments in there. We would love to connect and continue the conversation even after the live is over. So today we have Lisa Nelson. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, she is the um, owner of Just for the Occasion, and um, she is a wonderful professional. And as the event planning professional, and just woman in business, phenomenal woman in business. And as we start to open back up and people are starting to plan events as business owners, we thought it would be beneficial to kind of give you some tips. We did a we did an event a few years ago with Lisa and some other people, just how to just help small business owners understand how to create and execute a well-planned and well-run event. Um, so that's why I brought her here today. Um, so Lisa, why don't we open up by you just telling us a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive right in. Okay, well, thank you again. It's always a pleasure being with you. So thank you for the opportunity to share. So glad to be here. Um, as Noni mentioned, Lisa Nelson. I'm the founder and creative director of Just for the Occasion LLC. And uh, my company offers full service catering, planning, and design um, in Central Ohio and beyond. And I've been in the event industry for about 22 years. So there's never a dull moment. Um, and although I've been around for a while, I'm always constantly learning and growing because um, you can never not know enough, especially when you're dealing in the events industry, and especially with it being COVID. I can't even say post-COVID at this point because we're still working right. with But, you know, just staying abreast of the issues and everything that's out there to, you know, to help you be the professional that you are as well as service your customers the best that you can. So, um, again, I'm just thrilled to be here and excited to just be able to share um, what I've learned and what I'm still learning um, in my journey of the entrepreneurial hood. <laughs> yes, it's an inner journey. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. So let's just jump right in. So, you know, I've utilized events as a key marketing um, tool to grow my business. So, you know, prior to COVID, I was doing like eight or 11 events per year. Um, so it is a very effective tool when it comes to marketing your business. Some of the myths, though, that people think is easy and, you know, anyone can do it. Yes, anyone can have an event, but it's not a well prepared or well run event. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see when it comes to small business owners who want to use an event to really grow and boost their business? Right. And you're not kidding. A lot goes into creating an event and having it run smoothly. So there's a lot of bells and whistles that need to happen. But definitely the first thing is uh, one mistake is not knowing your numbers. So that means you need to have a budget. Um, budget is so important because you definitely want to know, you know, where your money's going, you know, what are your expenses, you know, what you can and you cannot live without because user experience is key. So you definitely don't want to cut corners when it comes to, you know, your event, um, you know, when it comes to speakers, your venue, your food, you know, what do those numbers look like? 
The challenge is when we don't plan accordingly and we try to cut corners and that shows up in your event, that shows up in the experience of your guests. Some people go to social media, you know, it's word of mouth, but you definitely want to put your best foot forward and really know your numbers, you know, because really at the end of the day, you know, what, where are you trying to profit from the event? Um, what do you want your guests to walk away with? Because your brand is on the line, you know, and, and especially if you're having vendors that you're working with, you know, you definitely want to hold those near and dear to your heart because you want to collaborate them in the future. So you definitely want to be able to know what your numbers are. And so that's that's definitely key for one. Another is, and, and there's a standard as well. So when you do have a budget, you want to have a little buffer, you know, in your budget. You don't want to spend everything, but you want to have about 10 to 15 percent, you know, leftovers so that you, when th those unforeseen things come up, you can prepare for those and not put yourself in the red. Um, not having a project plan and a checklist is another. And so, I, you know, as pro former project managers, you don't even have to be a project manager, but you just need to write it down and adhere to it. Um, so you definitely want to be able to create a, a timeline and stay on top of those deliverables because you don't want to miss things. You don't want to miss paying your vendors. You don't want to miss key deadlines that are going to keep you on track to getting to that particular event day. Um, when it comes to your event timeline, Building enough time is so key, especially for your vendors. And you know, Noni, I wear a lot of hats. I plan yeah. design and I and I cater. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than and sometimes I'm not the planner. I'm on the end, I'm on the other end of being a vendor. So you want to make sure you build in enough time for your vendors and you don't shortchange them in terms of setup, you know, allowing them enough time because there's some locations that you may have an event at. And there's not an elevator, there's stairs, you know, there's a lot of logistical issues that need to be considered. So you never want to shortchange, you know, your vendors and, and not give them enough time. And that might mean you may have to spend a few more dollars, you know, to add in additional hours, you know, for that setup time. So that's something you definitely want to keep in mind as well. Um, another thing you want to make sure is confirming your event. So not confirming your vendors. So, you know, we signed the contract. Right. Peace of mind is everything and we get busy, but then right before event day comes, we're running around and we may forget that, hey, I need to confirm, make sure that vendor, you know, I haven't even talked to the vendor since we signed a contract, but just to make sure everyone knows their place and where they're supposed to show up and what time you want to make sure that you definitely reach out to your vendors to make sure the specifics are still in place, you know, that they're not going to be a no-show. And when they show up, they're going to have exactly what's in that contract. So it, it really is up on, it's on us to make sure that we follow up, you know, a good 48 hours, 72 hours, what, a week, whatever it takes. And if you have a vendor that's non-responsive, you're going to have to stay on that vendor, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, you want to be, because you're going to be the one who's going to be the one that's seen as pulling the event off. People don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They don't know the the thing, the challenges, but it's up to you to make sure everyone knows their part and they're there to deliver, you know, on event day. Um, something, one thing that I think we all forget because we're we're so into the details that we don't come up with a contingency plan. There you go. You know, so we we say our baker's gonna show up. You know, they come through, but emergencies happen, things happen. You know, especially with us coming back, people are hitting us up with events. You know, and people are coming out the woodwork, and we're all busy. So we want to make sure, you know, that if that caterer doesn't show up or or for me, like if I'm a designer and that daggone hydrangeas came in dead, you know, that I know I need to go to another company to get my hydrangeas to deliver, you know, for that particular, you know, wedding or what have you. 
So definitely make sure you have a backup plan. And I know that's something we, we overlook, but that is definitely key. Um, so like when you have a task list, we need to challenge ourselves, you know, what if situations, you know, don't just assume that that is going to happen the way we plan. So make sure you check every task on your list and come up with what if situations to be able to account for if we have those unforeseen situations. And then, um, yeah, and I have to remind myself because we take things for granted. So that's definitely one to definitely remember and forgetting to follow up after the event. Again, we're tired. You know, we we we've extended ourselves and we just want to go to sleep. You know, we just want to. <laughs> go to bed. Yeah. A thank you goes a long way. So we definitely want to make sure we're thanking our vendors, you know, our sponsors, all those people, our venues, because these are people that we're going to want to build relationships with or continue to foster relationships. So we want to make sure we give thanks, you know, for them even partnering with us to pull off this wonderful event that we've planned, Um, sending out surveys, you know, after your event, you know, how well did that event go? We may think we were at a bomb.com, but The food might not have been good, the music, you know, so we definitely want to get the pulse of our attendees and learn those lessons and do lessons learned so that we can perfect, you know, it's not always perfect, but we can do better if there's some things that we miss in our planning. And then again, like I said, thank yous go a long way. So those are things that I try to remember, but I got to keep remembering about that um, backup plan. (laughs) Yeah, and that's and you brought up so many good points. I want to kind of circle back to the budget. So, yeah. what is the biggest? And you hear my dog. I, you know, it's just okay. the, the nature of this. Um, what's the biggest uh, portion of the budget typically? Like, if you can kind of give a ratio or just a kind of approach. I think it depends on the event, but food, you got to feed the people. So you definitely want to factor in food for sure, because I know I, I, I do food, but I like to eat food, too. So I like to eat, too. When you show up, you definitely want to expect somebody's going to serve me something. So I think food, uh, food and beverage, I should say food and beverage, um, entertainment. You know, So, again, it just depends on the type. So I do a lot of social events, so definitely food, entertainment. Um, decor, it's probably lower on the list, but it's all about the aesthetics and the experience that you want to create. But I really think food and beverages like tops and then entertainment and um, speakers. But it just, again, if you're a social planner, corporate planner, it's going to vary, I think, based on the type of event that you do. And so, and then I want to circle back to the contingency plan because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to say it. If 2020 didn't teach us anything, it's that oh plan. Yes. So how do you just give us a broad, just what are some things that you have in your kind of contingency toolkit? Mm-hmm. Um, I know you mentioned, and I've had vendors, and we'll talk about vendors in a little bit, just back out or no show. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like, what do you do? So what are some of the touch points on like a contingency plan that you you know put together for a client or you recommend people put together? So I know I'm big on relationships. So it's always good to have an arsenal of vendors that you never want to burn bridges if you can help it. So say my lighting person didn't come through. I should be able to know some other lighting people, you know, that I hope they can call on. But again, with things being so busy and people all getting booked up, you may be kind of in a bad situation, but I mean, say if your caterer doesn't show up, does somebody on your team know how to cook? No. <laughs> you know, it's about being resourceful, you know, thinking outside the box. So I think that's key. 
don't be so narrow-minded and focused on this is how it has to be done. Make sure you could be creative or rely on your team or other planners or just other people in your circle that you can call up on that can pick up the phone, make a couple of calls and people come through. But I think having having good relationships in the industry or with other peers, people will come through. They're, they're not going to leave you hanging or they're going to know someone that they can call that can come through and help you. So I think just having those relationships in place. Um, again, if, you, if you're doing a contingency plan, you may say, hey, OK, I haven't been on this date. Are you available by chance? So just in case, you know, again, you know, if that person falls through, hopefully they're there or they know someone that can come through. So it's it's really what if scenarios and mapping it out. I yeah. think that's really and it's that exercise is not something we're going to be good at day one. I think it's iterative. It's going to happen over time. I think as we get burned, <laughs> we'll grow better. You that's know. how it happens, right? You learn. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, this will never happen at my event again. <laughs> and to be honest, again, like I wear many hats because I do multiple things. But sometimes you may have to pull on strengths that you don't really use that you might have to use. You might have to come through and do for the sake of saving that event or pulling in people on your team that don't typically do XYZ, but they have the skill set. So I think it's just about being resourceful because sometimes you may not have time to respond. You don't know that caterer's not going to show up, you know, 20 minutes before. Um, so I think above all, communication is key and staying on top of vendors, you know, getting those commitments. And if you got to like ride people sometimes, you just may have, it just depends on that personality. But in the end, it has to be a success. So what do you have to do? What extreme do you have to go to, you know, to make it work? And I'm a person that's pretty calm. I don't get worked up and stressed out. So how calm are you under pressure? You know what I mean? Or do you have people in your team that can keep you grounded so that the client or the guests don't see you have a meltdown? So it, it's, I guess it's a skill you, uh, you, you know, you prune over time. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah. but I think it's good to just know, have a backup plan. How do you work it? How do you tweak it? You know, if you get burned or what have you and just keep moving forward to just, you know, continue to do better in that space. So and again, I'm guilty. I, I need to do better having a contingency plan, too. But I know I'm calling people, too. But, you know, want to it. So <laughs> that's good. That's so good. And so I'm going to give all of the event planners and especially you a plug mm -hmm. because I, for the last seven years, I was the one, you know, planning and doing yeah. and executing. And, you know, I had a volunteer, a team of volunteers and mm -hmm. leadership team. And but then it came a point where I knew that I needed to step out of the event planner role, even though I could, but give it to someone else. And one of the best things that I've ever done, mm -hmm. one of the best decisions I ever made was to hire you as my event planner for a variety of events because it allowed me to be able to connect with people. I wasn't stressed about who didn't get the right meal, which right. is late and now they're upset. When you know, and that was one of the best decisions. So just briefly give like what are the benefits of an, a business owner who's hosting events to hire a, an event planner? They may think that's an added expense that I don't need. Right. But it's one that can pay off. So what are some of like just give us a couple of reasons why it, it's definitely worth it. Like you said, there's you can't you can't be effective at being the um 
what's the, what's the word? You are the orchestrator of your event. That's your baby. So you have to be out front. So you don't need that extra stress. You definitely need someone that can move and shake and move behind the scenes and orchestrate people that they're not timid, that they don't mind stepping outside their box or just being very firm. You know, if something's not going right according to what the um, client has asked for, that you're making it happen because our our role is to make you look good and your event be successful. So I think, you know, having a planner helps you not be stressed. You know, you got to trust them, right? So right. I, I think when you and I worked together, that I was very honored because I know that was your baby. And to turn something over for that many years that you had done, you know, I definitely wanted to make sure I did it properly. So, you know, minimizing stress. Um, there are situations that come up, you know, uh, client, I mean, guests may have issues with their food or, you know, they have a question. Well, you don't want to be burdened with that. You want to be able to have that go-to person that can handle that for you. So a planner logistically, I mean, it depends on the type of planner, but for me, I'm, I'm very hands-on. I'm very detailed. And being a planner myself, I want you to be successful. So I'm going to do what I can to do what needs to happen to make it work. So no stress. Um, your guests are, are um, attended to. Um, if there's issues that arise, I'm the firefighter, you know, that person's putting out the fires. If there's logistical issues, that person is your go-to person. And when it comes to a timeline, you are wonderful when you uh, run a show. I mean, Noni is the bomb when it comes to, run. I mean, so, and I love people that flow like that, that are very detailed because I know exactly what you want and how it needs to be executed so that you don't have to worry about it. So I think the key is not having that person worry at all so that you can be free to be the wonderful, you know, host or what have you of your, you know, your event. And then people not even knowing what the heck happened behind the scenes. All they know, it was just wonderful. The food was great. It was like a fine tuned instrument, you know, and that's the type of person you definitely want to be able to have in your corner that you don't have to worry about a thing because you know they have it handled. Now that person may be stressed. Again, I don't really stress, you know, but that person will shoulder the burden of stress so that you look good. So and I tell you, you were the most calm and collected. And I think my sister or someone told me of an issue. And I was like, I didn't even know what happened. Right. And I was like, that's exactly what exactly. I want. You don't need that stress. So. But it was a joy. I enjoyed oh. it. I guess that's my gift. I guess I was born to do some element of that. But I, I'm glad that people trust me to do that. Because, I mean, we're everyone's called to serve in a different capacity. And so I'm just thankful that that gift has allowed me to help, you know, other business owners and clients to just have, you know, their day as they planned and saw fit. So that's beautiful. Well, I want to touch on vendors a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you are in my, you know, main vendor list. Mm -hmm. And I have now over, you know, I've kissed a lot of frogs to get to the yeah, vendors. I all have. <laughs> know how to flow with yeah. me. So I have like a core team that I just, you know, and they're like, what's coming up? Let's right. look at let's so but what are some tips because with vendors and, and again you know you you appreciate how to flow with me I my mm -hmm. other vendors because I can be you know I am a recovering control freak so I do <laughs> so I can't be very like type A mm -hmm. and they and they just know what I want you know exactly. so what are some tips for people who are just starting out and they're you know, looking through Facebook, try or you know, whatever, trying to find a videographer, a photographer. What are just some high level tips you can give people to help find a good vendor? And I know there's nothing wrong with like doing a plea out on Facebook. I mean, there's nothing because I mean, people and I'm grateful people drop my name and stuff, but 
I think, well, if you're a part of associations and networks, you know, like um, I won't state names, but if you're a part of organizations that are part of your industry, that's the first stop. You know, a lot of organizations have websites, you know, vendor websites that you can go to. Um, if, if you are a part of a peer group or other, you know, say you're a photographer and you know, hopefully there's individuals within that group that will say, hey, I've used this person. I've used that person. Don't use this person. I mean, you know, so I'm big on, like I said, relationships. Referrals are big for me because if it didn't work for you, I don't want to work. I don't want to use them either. So, you know, right. you want to be able to go with people who have a good track record that that person trusts. Um, communication is definitely key. I'm big on if you don't return my call, I'm sorry, I, I can't trust you to show up for my event. Or if you were late in responding, you know, there, there's certain things people's styles tune you in to whether they're going to be a good fit or not. So you want to know that that person is on top of it, they're on it, and they're going to show up, not leave me hanging and guessing if you're really going to come deliver my lights or, you know, set up my, you know, my photo booth or what have you. But I think referrals are perfect but also social media is good, but that could be misleading too. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, look at the quality of the work that they're putting out, you know, on social media, look at their website, look at their work, you know, that they're posting on their website, look at their testimonials, what people are saying about them, you know, look at their Google reviews, you know what I mean? You got to look at all that yes. and then ask, I mean, Columbus is big, but it's not that big. People talk, people know, you know, and you just have to ask. So, but I'm with you when you find a good vendor, I'm sorry, I just hold them dear and near, you know, I'll add some, you know, but I can know I can always go to those persons and know that they have my back and they're going to come through. So I think just really communication, asking and checking out if they're who, truly who they say they are and that they produce what they say they produce, you know, because again, nobody's going to know who those people are unless you give them credit on your program or social media. But all people see when they come to your event is your event. Was it a success? Was it a bomb? You know, and that's what they're going to leave with. So you're the face of your event. So you want to make sure the people that you're hiring or you're collaborating with make you look good so that you're memorable, you know, that you're, you know, they're going to want to come to your events again, you know, so and you, we know, we discern if somebody's not right or not. You know, hopefully we have that filter, you know. Um, yeah, you just got to go with your gut and just ask questions. And, and if it comes to it, ask them, can I get some referrals? You know, I've been referred to you. Um, may I get a list of referrals that I can, you know, people I can call, you know, to get information. So, you know, it those are kind of things that I kind of look at. But luckily, again, been doing it for a while been partnering with other people and connecting with other planners, other people that I do what I do that we just kind of lean on each other and offer those referrals and it's worked out so far. So good. And I'm always big on agreements. Yeah. Like, you know, vendor agreements, exhibitor agreements, just so there's no confusion. Maybe right. it's me too much judge Judy. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Definitely. I mean, I don't do verbal agreements. Mm -mm. It has to be in writing. I'm like I said, I'm I come from a technical background, so it's details for me. And I think I don't know if I intimidate people with my details, but I'm like, I gotta have it, you know, because again, I don't want to be on Judge Judy with all these judge shows that you know, we've all had to walk during COVID. <laughs> you know, but at least I'll be prepared, you know, because I've been watching them. But um, but yeah, everything in writing definitely and agreed upon, you know. And yeah, I'm with you on that. So mm -hmm. yes. Well, let's talk about 
keeping guests safe now that you know I've started planning events for 2022 and you know now it's almost like it's it's an expectation that you have an in-person option a virtual option all of that so that's a whole other element but so when it comes to like keeping in-person event people who are attending in-person events safe mm-hmm. what are just some creative ways I know that I don't even know if it's okay. Mm-hmm. See, I haven't talked to an attorney about this or anyone. If it's okay to even ask someone, like, have you had a vaccine? Can you deny people entry based on the fact that they haven't? Do you like? What do you do with all that? So what are some things? What are some things going on in the event industry? Yeah. What conversations are going on about that? And it's so interesting because I think with vaccines and people scared to get them, you know, there's so much debate that's out there. And and I and I know just from kind of researching because I, you know, you hear things and you try to Google and I'm like, what are people doing? And I'm I don't feel like I'm finding my answers I'm looking for. Um, but I did come across um, something from a law firm, you know, that and it was I won't say it's dated, but the information is still valid. Of course, you know, we've got cruise lines asking if you're vaccinated. I understand. I think there was a sporting event that occurred recently where and so people are asking for back, you know, proof. But I feel like what level of risk do you want to take as a planner? You know, because really, when you take that information, that's really personal information. So that puts on you the burden of how are you going to protect that information? You know what I mean? Um, how are you going to protect it? Are you who are you giving the information to? Are you reporting on it? You know, how are you storing it? I mean, I think it really opens you up to things that you probably want to consider. If you're a small business, how much risk do you want to take by taking that person's information? You know what I mean? And is it just best to just follow the protocols that have been established for a whole year? Like wear your mask, you know what I mean? Right. Your temperature checks. Um, social distancing, sanitizing stations, you know, making sure that, I mean, by now we all know, you know, the rules, you know, but we should. And so it shouldn't be a surprise, you know, that you're, you're asking for those things at events, you know what I mean? You know, your, your hand sanitizer, you know, things like that. Um, so I kind of feel like right now I'm still trying to understand what's going on in the industry. Like I said, I've been trying to look at like a lot of industry related things and I'm not getting a pulse yet on how other planners are really doing it. All I know is that when I do events, I'm making sure that, um, first of all, I'm setting expectation because again, I have to put on different hats based on the job. So if I'm a caterer, then I have to really educate people like, okay, I know we're all excited to get ready to go outside, but you know that you cannot have people using the same palms. You can't have people touching the dispenser. You know, you cannot have people walking like there's a buffet. I mean, there's things I feel like I still have to educate clients on. Even if it's your family, you know, you still want to be safe. So um, I think it's just really interesting right now. But I think what's tried and true is the mask, social distancing, the hand sanitizer, you know, you know, social distancing, logistically, how you set up the space, you know, in terms of how you are setting your tables up, you know, if it's a meeting, how you're spacing people out. Um, But I'm sure there's people that, you know, probably will ask. I haven't got to that point yet. I'm just trying to be I'm trying to educate and then just make sure I'm following the guidelines that have been working <laughs> for the last year that we've been governed by. So, but yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm still trying to find out different thoughts of what's going on in the industry. But, um, but I know for me, 
I don't want, you know, because then if you want proof, you got to let people know in advance for your event that you're, you know, that card. And then if they don't have it, well, what are you going to do if they don't have it? You know what I mean? Um, are they are they barred from entry? So it, it just depends. So I think there's still a lot of things you got to consider and what works, works best for you for what you're doing. And your and your the demographics of your you know your um yeah. you know, your attendees so perfect that's good stuff Lisa so, <laughs> good stuff so leave us with a couple of tips um, for small mis- businesses like best practice okay. um, you know on how to you know if they're thinking about doing some events even in 2021 mm-hmm. just a couple best practices for them to follow as we wrap yeah. up. So I did, so we all need a roadmap, you know, so, you know, you definitely what, so definitely what's the goal of your event, you know, you know, definitely want to know that because when you know the goal of your event, then you can measure it and then you know what all elements need to be in place for it to be a success. So say if you're having an event, are you trying to entertain? Like, you know, I do my event in the, in the, in the, um, in the holiday, I want to entertain and people have a great time. Or are you trying to attract customers or are you trying to, you know, get more members into your organization? So definitely you want to be able to have your goal in mind and can you measure it? So if you were trying to make money off that event, did you make money or did you have, did you not have a budget? So you don't know what you made or what you spent. So, you know, being able to measure, you know, um, you know, those goals that you set for yourself. Again, we already talked about the budget, I'm big on location, you know, location, location, location. We know that in other aspects, even outside of the industry. But it, it's it, those are things. It's the little things, I think, that uh, affect experience, you know, a guest experience. So, you know, if you're going to have an event, what's the location? Do I have to walk a mile to get to the venue? Do I have to pay, you know, or if I have to walk, do I really want to come? I mean, so you just you want to, you know, make sure. And, you know, when you have a location, does it even fit the theme of what you're trying to do? Does the style, you know, of the event, it's just, you know, what what are the aesthetics or the ambiance that you want to create, you know, for those in attendance? So that's definitely something you can consider. And the biggest thing, of course, I mean, all of them are big, but how are you going to promote it? <laughs> you know, that's my thing. You I know. It. <laughs> and it's so funny because even when doing an event, I'm like, oh, I could have did this better. I could have did that. So, you know, if you're going to promote it, are you going to do it? Or are you going to rely on some professionals to actually create, you know, the content for you that's going to be a little more appealing? And then, you know, you're going to use social media, you know, and if you're going to use marketing, you know, on your event website. So those are just things that just kind of come to mind that are just quick ideas on best practices, but budget for sure. <laughs> and then having a goal in mind, because you, in the end, you want it to be successful and profitable if it is, or if it's nonprofit, you know, you know, you just want to make sure it had impact, you know, on whatever you tried to do. So. I like that impact, leaving an impact, leaving an impression. So thank you you so much, Lisa. This was so good. Thank you. It's always a pleasure talking with you and working with you. So thank you for hearing me. (laughs) Of course. I'm so glad, you know, we're bringing back the expo in 2022. And I probably didn't talk to you about this yet, but I need you for that. I'm here to help you anytime. That was the I had so much fun. And I was in my zone, so I had a good time. It was wonderful. So, but everything you do is always an excellence. So you don't, don't mind like even helping because you know it's going to be stellar. So but I'm here if you need me. So let me know. Thank you. We'll, so, we'll make it happen. 
Thank you. So Lisa, tell everyone where they can find you, your social media handles and your uh, website. Sure. So my website and occasion is always spelled interesting. So it's just for the occasion.net. So J U S T F O R T H E O C C A S I O N.net. So just for the occasion.net is uh, my website. And I'm actually going through some rebranding. So I'm excited for when I get the new website launched. So that is the current version of the website. And then on IG and, and Facebook, and I have to laugh because, you know, when you start out as a business, you don't, you don't really know about social media and all that. So by the time I try to get my name, my name wasn't available. So for my IG and Facebook handle, the T is not there. So it's just J-U-S for the occasions. Because <laughs> people always look for that just J-U-S-T. But again, you don't know what you don't know when you're a small business trying to like maneuver the waters by yourself. So, But you can find me at J-U-S-F-O-R-T-H-E occasion on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I guess I don't do a lot of Twitter. So. <laughs> I, love I love seeing your videos on flowers and then when you put mm -hmm. together and I'm going to butcher the, is it charcuterie? Oh, charcuterie? Yeah, charcuterie. I love those. Yeah. I love them. So you have, you all have to go to her Insta uh, page so you can see all these reels. I love it how she's embracing, like, you know, you make me smile when I see you do reels. I think of you when I think of one other person that I always think of the two of you when I do, because I'm like, I know, I got I to gotta do better, you know, because as you know, I, it's just, it's, I'm going to do better, but being consistent, you know what I mean? And scheduling. And, and I think for me, the struggle for the longest, because I do more than one thing, right? I do three services. So how to be creative and getting that message out and striking a balance between the three things that I do, how to showcase it, you know, and make it engaging. And, and so I'm, I've gotten better, you know, yeah, and, you, I see. Thank you. It's a process. And that's the thing I think is just as a small business, just not being so hard on yourself. You know, if you didn't get it right yesterday, just keep it moving because who's going to remember, right? We we the do it again. Right. Now we see it as what the nine grand anyways. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, it's not that people put so much pressure on themselves. And it's exactly. really be you, have fun, put out some good stuff and let people know who you are, what you do. And I think reels was like a reels was the best thing I think I could have done, you know, because it really you get excited. Like, this I can cut trim, so that's kind of been like a game changer for me. So that's why you see more reels of me than um, other stuff. But um, but yeah, I like it. It puts you higher in the algorithm, so I could talk. Yeah. I could talk this all day. <laughs> I know that's your expertise, but yeah, I appreciate the support and and all that good stuff. So it, it's just really great. And I'll just say for all small business, nothing like relationships. You know, there's nothing like, you know, having those people in your corner, you know, that will support you, you know, as you grow, you know, and as you learn. And, and so you've always been that for me, you know, just um, you know, pulling me in and, you know, having me help you with your events and then just watching how you, you know, put information out there for social media and, you know, content and all that to help me be a better person as well. So you're doing a great job. Thank I'm you. excited with the future holds for you. So. <laughs> so thank you everyone for tuning in. Make sure you reach out to Lisa and interact with her. If you have questions, um, we will be on a little hiatus. However, all of these um, episodes will be up on our 
website so you can catch up on all of them. And then we'll be back at the end of May. So thank you everyone for tuning in. You all enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you shortly. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.